All right, guys, welcome back for another podcast. Today, we're going to talk about creating accountability. Welcome to the podcast. All right, guys, welcome back. Yeah, what I should have said in the intro was, I think we're going to talk about creating accountability today. <laughs> we it's, never know where these go. It's always a process yeah. just to figure out what is going to happen for the next hour or so. Yes. Yeah, I had to laugh after last week's when you're like, I just open my mouth and the words come out and then we see where it takes us. Yes. Um, I was talking to, was it, talking to Rhiannon a couple of weeks ago and she's like, yeah, when I listen to the podcast, she's like, she's like, I never, ever think you're going to be able to bring the thought full circle. Like you go so far out there and oh my God, you bring it back. And I'm like, hi, that's how my brain It's a works. miracle yeah. most of the time. <laughs> yeah. I, Completely uh, unscripted, but that's my brain. Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, if you, I've read a, f- a couple books by uh, Jordan Peterson, who he is the absolute master at doing that. Yeah. Um, in his book, uh, 12 Rules for Life, it goes, it, it, it goes out to a plane of existence you didn't even know, ex- like, was there. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. just somehow he can just, and then he takes these little side quests. It's yeah. like you're playing Skyrim. Yeah. <laughs> and then just, yes. wait, no, this all matters. And yeah. he loops it all the way back around. I don't understand how he does it. But well, Zelda, but yeah, it's fine. Whatever. Uh, yeah. whatever. <laughs> uh, no, and um, is that the one that took him like a decade to write? That was his first oh, book. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. He took, not, it took yeah. maps of meaning because maps of meaning is actually like a textbook. Gotcha. But it, yeah, that one took a decade. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's impressive how. Yeah. It? And that one's actually worse on the side quests also. Yeah. Yeah. Between um, him and Ben Shapiro, like um, you know, I know they're relatively contested people in, in mm-hmm. media for a lot of different reasons. But like, I just like the way people talk. Yeah. To like, like you said, be able to see that pathway of all the way out and all the way back, mm-hmm. um, which actually kind of in its in its own way, like I see them as being like high school debaters. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it was the same exact thing. I remember when I was in high school, I, was, I think I, I like subbed in on the high school debate team, but like, you know, those people that were really, really good at it, like it is actually kind of awe inspiring to see how you can kind of really put together a very factual argument. Now, of course, in debate, it's all written down and very scripted. And, yeah. you know, there's almost like a parliamentary process to the whole thing, which I found very, <laughs> very constraining. And I was like, eh. um, but again, you know, and so even though they, they have, you know, very contested content, it's still the same thing to kind of see how they take the idea, they move it through, they make a very well-crafted argument. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I may not necessarily agree with that, but like kudos to you. Um, and I, it, as a little bit of a segue to come back, but like, I, I, again, I think that's one of the issues that we're sort of losing in today's society is just the honest discussion of um, anything, whether it's politics, whether it's like, you know, social issues, is it's all about like, well, what I see is right. Right. I think we talked about this, I think, several months ago about, quote, unquote, my truth. Yeah. So it's it's no longer become a discussion or a presentation of information. Um, and when it's, you know, exclusively one sided, how this only affects me is it's, it's you know, we're, we're moved to a society of almost exclusive individuality, which we talk about individuality. I mean, we, yeah. we talk about that, but it's like our perspective on individuality is more to do with like understand yourself so you know how to engage society. Now, of course, quote unquote, our society is inside 
these walls. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not surprised when I hear things, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Kenny was an example, uh, Rachel is an example. I mean, there's a lot of people who, um, like take our concepts of creating accountability. And I shouldn't say our concepts cause these come from a lot of different sources. Right. Um, you know, or at least the way in which we've sort of crafted all of these concepts together, um, you know, they take it and they're like, Oh my God, this actually helped, you know, my interactions with my family. This actually helped in my marriage. This actually helped because it, it allows you to be a person and allows you to be an individual, but from a community perspective, how do I engage? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what like I said, kind of ra- taking a, you know, uh, out to come back is I think that's, what's kind of lost in our society on so many different things. And when we start to look about, look at it as far as what happens culturally inside of a practice, when we live in a society that just allows everyone to, you know, in the world be a, uh, a key, what do I say, a keyboard cowboy, where it's just like pew, 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 let me just type, type, type. And it's like when you kind of start to carry that candor into how you're now dealing on the interpersonal level, it no longer becomes a discussion. It's like, well, she did this to me. He did this to me. And, you know, this is how it's happening in administration and, you know, this and this and this. And I think what I always liked, or at least I'm hoping we continue to move in this direction is when we start talking about our performance reviews, it's the same thing. It's like, let's just get some stuff on the table and have a conversation about it. Mm -hmm. Like it's just meant to have a conversation. Um, I don't, and and for its own reasons, I don't think that that is necessarily the case currently. I'm hoping with some of the changes that we have moving forward, it's going to help assist that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that coming off of last week's podcast, I think this is kind of that segue into when we start to talk about, you know, the interpersonal dynamics, we start to talk about, you know, the uh, drama dynamic, the empowerment dynamic, I mean, all these things um, is really then just leaning into the fact that, well, you know, not that there's two sides to every story, but there really are many variables when it comes to how people interact with one another between, you know, how they, again, how they carry themselves on social media, how they carry themselves in the community, what they align with, what they consider to be appropriate. Um, And that's where it becomes very difficult in the clinic setting to manage people outside of a group of five Mm -hmm. or, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's actually to do what Rhiannon thinks is impossible to loop it all the way around is like, well, I think when you there is, I, I don't know if there's necessarily a limit to the number of variables that contribute to it because you talk about cultural influences, biological influences. Like you could go down oh, the yeah. list of all the things that put you mm-hmm. in a state of mind, but it kind of comes down to what we wanted to talk about today and work backwards was yeah. like, all right, are you going to walk into this conversation with a growth mindset or a failure mindset? Uh, yeah. I mean, we can yep. ask why. Yeah you're doing one thing or the other. However, there's also the portion of it of controlling the variables that you can control Mm -hmm. to make sure that you get into a growth mindset or acknowledging barriers that exist that are insurmountable to get you to that point and breaking those barriers. Correct. Yes. Because that is a possibility. It's not like, because I don't want it to turn into a discussion of pull yourself up by your bootstraps and just get, you know, buck no. up buttercup because it's not always no. that easy. No, 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 no. Um, but it is something that with enough self or critical analysis, um, you can at least acknowledge barriers that you believe to be insurmountable and at, like 
micro focus on that. Correct. While you acknowledge the reality that you can't solve this problem that's bigger than it right now. Correct. Or even just maybe not even bigger, just outside yourself. Well, and that actually leads off of um, what I've been the discussion, the discussion I've been having with Caroline about your pros cons list. Mm-hmm. Is your that's exactly to me what a pros cons list is. It's things you like, things you don't like, but it's all about barrier identification. And then for those barriers, what ones do you have the ability to handle now, yeah. most immediately? And I think that's where um, I think I made the joke. I think it was like the. I don't think it was the millennial life crisis. I don't know what the hell I said, but it was funny. Um, just yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the laugh. It was funny. Just take my word for it. I'm just thinking of a millennial life crisis now. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but it had to do with like looking at so many different variables. And I think that can become very overwhelming where yeah. it's like this and this and that and that, this and this and then that and that. That was actually one of the first conversations that you and I had years ago when I haphazardly drew out our industry overview. Yep. And you're like, well, thank you for this. Yeah. It's, you know, actually written on from this note book yep. um you know and I, what we then often talked about is you helped me focus down into being like okay what are industry problems and what are paw problems right. and what are we going to tackle first and of course the joke is i said everything um <laughs> and then, then he got kicked out of the room <laughs> yeah you're right <laughs> true um but yeah 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 so yeah you're right is that you have to Whatever your method is, um, and for me, I honestly think the pros cons list is the first a good place to start yeah. uh, when you're trying to look at individual assessment or even workplace assessment on what's good, what's bad. But then it's exclusively, exclusively an exercise to identify barriers. What is actually in the way of you getting out of a con? And you're exactly right. There's some shit. Not to make yourself a victim, uh, because again, when we look at uh, our definition of a victim, it's an individual who's convinced that they are powerless and avoid taking responsibility for their actions. So we're not talking about like always assuming you are powerless to change those things around you. Mm-hmm. It's that you may actually only be looking at one potential solution. There yeah. might actually be a second solution that you just have your blinders on mm-hmm. and there might not be. And sometimes there's barriers you can't get over. Like if there's a weird dynamic between a business owner and a hospital manager, if it's a husband, wife or whatever, and you're just not going to be able to fix some of the things in clinic. Like, so are you powerless? Well, if you stay there, you can definitely continue to create yourself or put yourself into a victim role, which Mm -hmm. isn't great. Um, But one of the solutions is leave. Right. You know, I mean, it's, it's still within you. It's may not be the easiest. No one ever said that making decisions are easy and actually implementing those solutions are easy. But again, there's always something. Yeah. I think we had talked about it in previous podcasts as well. It's like, it's focusing within your scope of influence, right? Because like if you, um, yeah, yeah. Like we, we've said multiple times when you look at the industry overview, we cannot solve the problems as they exist as a whole, correct. It is impossible. Yep. But what you do is you is you micro focus into where you can make in you know small changes yep. within the big scope of the problem. Yep. And then your scope of influence grows. Correct. Because people want to solve problems. Yes. They might not think it. Yes. But they do because if yeah. you if you it just makes life better. Yeah. Not necessarily easier, no. but definitely no. better. <laughs> Um, not easier (laughs) (laughs) different different yeah still that's the thing still still hard yeah different right and the still hard different different fulfillment yeah yep yeah absolutely um but you if you can not to 
over use his ideas or talk about him too much, but that's what Jordan Peterson means by clean your room. Yeah. It's like, just find what you can fix yes. and just fix it. Yes. Because as soon as you do that, you edify yourself and then other people around you want to do what you're doing. Yes. And it's, it, it generates a proof of concept. Yes. It, it, and this applies to a ton of things, yeah. not just literally your laundry yeah. <laughs> in your room, right. but the, the, the idea start of somewhere. just just start somewhere, yep. know where you have a focus of control and yep. then b- expand beyond that yep. once you solve it. And that's again, kind of going to this growth mindset, failure mindset, there's a lot of things that are going to be well outside your realm of control. Always. Like just take the political environment, your individual influence over what is happening, whether it's media, what is actually happening politically, all that stuff. Your individual influence is basically zero. So, all right, we acknowledge that there are influences there and they can be frustrating or daunting or whatever, but that doesn't mean that it's an excuse for you to do nothing. Yes, (laughs) correct. (laughs) Because I'm not actually here to talk about politics, Uh, but we can acknowledge that it's a big variable that's outside of our control. Yes. So then what do we do to refocus on things that we have control over and it's really just pushing towards communication yeah. and engagement yes. that is not necessarily easy, no. but it's different. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. So yeah. kind of going into this, we had talked about the the snitch loop last week yep. of like, if you don't say something, nothing changes, yeah. you know, f- uh, closed mouths don't get fed yep, essentially. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah. But it all does play into um, our the, this is actually new to everybody. Our yeah, full creating I'll accountability document. Carlos, <laughs> super brainchild here. Yes. Um, uh, it's on the website, or at least if it's yeah. not now, it will be by the time this goes live. It's uh, the creating accountability. Yeah. So with that, it does fit into here. It's just a subset, though, because it does play in pretty hard into what we talked about last week of survival mode. Yep. Because what survival mode does is it puts those blinders on. And it's yes. just like, I can only see the problem that is literally trying to trip me right in front of me here yeah and um being able to notice these accountable events and and sort of like start to move your eyes up and see further down the road or take the blinders off and to get a little bit more of a big picture does help eliminate those small barriers and get you out of survival mode so i'll let you you already explained it to me once i'm gonna see if you can do it again (laughs) here like how this all kind of works together yeah 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 no you're exactly right i mean survival mode putting the blinders on and if you take it back to cleaning your room it's mm-hmm. like only focusing on cleaning the legos off the floor yeah. like i don't want to step on that because it hurts mm-hmm. you know um but then as you take start to roll it back and be like well there's legos on the floor because i let someone else use my and they didn't pick up and it's like so it's that idea of trying to come back into what you have and i think where when you talk about survival mode i think where usually you have the fastest amount of burnt out, burnout is when people have a failure mindset mm-hmm. So what I want to do, obviously, if you guys uh, download the PDF, Creating Accountability, it's on the website or will be, um, is it's actually not going to be, um, this is a lot of what we refer to as a mind map. So it's not, if for people who are list people, this is going to be painful to look at. Um, 
um, but uh, there are we're, other. We're sorry. Yeah, we're sorry. Yeah, there are other diagrams, of course, uh, online that that on our website that actually do talk about a lot of these things individually. Uh, the star charts to uh, the drama dynamic. Um, all this stuff is already on there in different forms. The accountability ladder. That's all on there. So this is more of how my brain works. I understand it's crazy, um, but this is how my brain works. Um, how I sort of like relate all of these concepts to one another, and then Ben puts a lot of really good things in here that um, helps me make sense of the nonsense. Um, so if we start over to the right-hand side, there's kind of two big things. One is called a growth mindset. It's in a cross that's blue. Uh, and then the failure mindset is in an X that's white. Um, so those things without color, uh, of course, are what you want to stay away from. Those things with color are things you want to go towards. Uh, it's just a visual representation. So anyway, um, when we talk about failure mindset, we talk about growth mindset, just as like the easiest definition is when you talk about a growth mindset, it's individuals that are committed to the success of the individual and the team. So it's, you want to help yourself just as much as you want to help other people. Conversely, the failure mindset is individuals who lack shared purpose and impede the success of the team. So it's kind of the other way around. And I think the big clue there, of course, for us, is we talk about shared purpose, we talk about these things within pods, kind of coined terminology for us. Um, but those things, I mean, to kind of put them, you know, in, in uh, to juxtapose them next to each other and saying that, you know, in a growth mindset, the success of the team and the individual um, to then say, well, it's people who lack shared purpose. That's what we talk about with growth mindset is you have to be around individuals of shared purpose. If you don't have shared purpose, you're probably not going to be working for the same reasons. Mm -hmm. We've said it plenty of times before. It's people who work for Carlo, people who work for Katie. Um, we want people who work for the team. We want people who work for the patient. We want people, you know, like uh, for me, I'm an employee of Paul Health, and Paul Health works to serve the patient. It's, it's kind of the same idea. No one's working for me. You're working for Paul who works for the patient. So that's the idea of shared purpose. So when you don't have um, that sort of shared shared outlook or you know uh, you're all moving through as far as a shared goal um that's where you'll start to kind of have inadvertent division within the team so it's it, and this is kind of that like just below the radar type division um where again if you kind of jump into the middle of the chart a little bit uh, we define division again look for another white cross kind of middle left uh division is going to be engaging in communication which challenges shared purpose and well-being so it's kind of the same thing is that there's these little things that are just underneath the radar that start to affect and start to identify these failure mindsets um and you know for us that's then when i you know like I said, when you move into survival mode and what leads to burnout quicker is me coming back is that when that which leads to burnout quicker is people who have a failure mindset. Mm -hmm. If all you are is in survival mode all the time and you have a lack of purpose and, you know, inevitably there's some impedance on the team, depending if, you know, victim rescue or dynamic is that you're going to burn out faster and you're going to, again, com most probably completely lack fulfillment from the workplace, uh, which is okay. Not everyone needs to have fulfillment from the workplace. You can have fulfillment outside of work. That's okay. Um, but again, generally speaking, you're going to sort of not be fulfilled with what you do. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, uh, coming into last week when you were talking about it's the most burnt out with like any mm -hmm. <laughs> career you've ever had yeah. where it was just like, oh my God, just getting a taste of it. Mm -hmm. um, I would argue you never fell into failure mindset. It was like, oh, there's going to be an end. 
Yeah. There's going to be something on the backside of this. We just have to get through this because then something's going to happen. Yeah. We didn't know what this was. We didn't know when it was going to end, uh, if it has even ended. Uh, we don't know what we necessarily what the solution is. But generally speaking, when you look at PAW Health as a whole, and again, microtransactions, we may fail in certain areas. But generally speaking, collectively, it's certainly within the leadership team, within support as well. But... Mm-hmm it's of the growth mindset, right? It's right. like, we're going to, we're going to physically become exhausted yeah. and mentally exhausted and emotionally exhausted and have nothing left in the gas tank. But generally speaking, we're individuals that are committed to the success of the individual and the team. Well, and that's why I put such a heavy weight on the idea that there will be things that are outside of your control that are, are potentially going to push you into this. Um, yeah. And then you, ha- you have to be able to recognize them as they occur. So for us, it was just an absolutely astronomical workload. Yeah. Like, right. S- like, s- right. So, you know, there was only, we didn't, we couldn't have reasonably predicted it. Mm-hmm. Therefore we couldn't have been reasonably prepared for it. And then it was upon us. <laughs> accurate <laughs> like that's the only way that yeah. i can really think to because it's not like we were not predicting to grow oh yeah it just no. not at the clip that it happened no, 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 no. um so with that like there are real variables that you know it, I, it's it's important to make the distinction between like objective versus subjectivity here and i think that that's why i like to acknowledge like there are variables that do actually put you into a victim role because you just get kicked yes like that sucks yes Yes. the the, the corporate sale of the practice is a big one yeah yeah Yeah. that's fair yeah um so with that like if we don't give people the fact that those variables are real that's when it starts to become the well just get over it yeah just pick yourself up and, right. and dust the dirt off like yeah. no 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 that's that's legitimate yeah we still have to solve that problem and yeah. then we can refocus on the bigger problem so yeah. for me it was like all right breathe a little bit <laughs> yeah <laughs> and get out yeah. of this mindset because i yeah. know that if i maintain this mental status or whatever you want to call it yeah it's only going to push me into failure mindset and that's not going to help anything. Yeah, no, no, no. Cause then like legitimately you just fail. Right. That, that's just it. And right. it's, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, I mean, there's all these like coin sayings on, you know, uh, you just have to, you think, right. You know, I mean, basically as, as long as you, um, you know, don't, uh, what is it? Uh, Jesus, I can't think of it right now. Well, I'm losing the coin phrase. But anyway, it basically just says, like, if you think it, it becomes, you know, manifest oh, destiny kind yeah. of thing. So, yep. uh, and I, I apologize for stumbling over that. But, um, yeah, again, it's the same idea where it's like if all you do is constantly have negative thoughts and only negative things are going to happen. Yep. You know, and I think that's where I actually admire my brother for this because it is, like, really painful for me to get to his level. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, constant positivity. Yeah. like constant positivity. So it's, um, I, I like, I, I kind of play both sides, you know, of the field. Uh, mm-hmm. but you know, like I think for me when I start to have, you know, like you said, just more negativity, more failure type stuff, like, Oh my God, I can't get anything right. You know, it's like, I just know like, all right, I'm having these thoughts. I acknowledge that they're occurring and I'm going to try to find that silver lining, you know, pros, cons, what's my barriers, how am I, you know, if I can identify the barrier, what's the solution. And that's again, what we've talked about before is the curse of the problem solver mm-hmm. is, you know, you just always are trying to find some way to better yourself 
yourself um, and uh, or the better yourself, better the team. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's funny that you kind of say that about Jordan Peterson because that's I've been talking about that for years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you know I, I stepped out of the exam room into the clinic, stepped out of the clinic, stepped in the community, out of the community into the yeah. state. You know, and it's yeah. just then it goes from there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same thing, just making sure you're. Um, uh, you know, just cleaning up your backyard first, you right. know, and yep. that, that is a constant, constant battle. Um, and I, I mean, I'd be willing to admit it within paw as well. It's, it's, it is, um, you know, it's not perfect paradise, you know, it's not dystopian though. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, for us, it's, you know, there's times that things to be more efficient times, things to be less efficient. Staff appears more cohesive staff appears less cohesive, you know? So it, it is something that you have to constantly work on. Um, and I think that too can become, um, very exhausting. Um, and that's where we kind of start to talk about when you move through, um, sort of the role of the creator and you start to move into collaboration. So we'll kind of bring it back to our creating accountability chart here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked about growth mindset. We talked about failure mindset. Um, the next one to look at is again, look for your, uh, blue cross to then white X is that, uh, collaboration is providing the opportunity to improve performance and fulfillment. Uh, whereas on the other side of the coin division is engaging communication, which challenges purpose, uh, shared purpose and well-being. So defined a little bit, it's not exactly opposite, but it is a little bit different where when we start to look at people that are of a growth mindset where you are individuals committed to the success of, uh, the individual and the team, you're going to do that by providing opportunities to improve performance and fulfillment. Um, and there's different ways that that happens. When we say providing opportunity doesn't mean that, you know, everyone is going to do that the same way. Like some people are really good advisors. Some people are really good teachers. Some people, you know, so it's just having the different roles within the group and saying like you, one person doesn't have to be everything. One person doesn't have to be the leader, doesn't have to be the teacher, doesn't have to be, you know, the creator. Um, it is when you have a very small team, sometimes you have to wear multiple yep. hats. Um, but when you kind of go the other way and saying, all right, well, if you have a growth mindset, and you're committed to the success of the individual and the team, and you're going to do that by providing opportunity to improve performance and fulfillment it's the same way, is that if you're of a failure mindset and you lack shared purpose and you're sort of impeding the success of the team, it's usually because you're engaging in communication, which challenges purpose, um, shared purpose and well-being. Mm-hmm. From division, it kind of dumps right into the drama dynamic. Uh, we got stuff online. There's books written about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Ted, what was his name? The, the uh, empowerment dynamic. Yeah, empowerment dynamic. There you go. Um, and then the other way in collaboration. But mm-hmm. to kind of touch on the snitch loop, right? Because that was kind of our theme coming into this on creating accountability. Yep. Is if you as an individual are of growth mindset, if you as an individual are committed to the success of the team and the individual, if you are really trying to provide opportunities to improve performance and fulfillment, but you are in a team that doesn't have shared purpose, if you're in a clinic that doesn't have a mission statement, if you're in a clinic that doesn't have process or procedure and they don't want one, um, then you're starting to look at these barriers that are impeding the success of the team. And when you talk about failure mindset, individuals who lack a shared purpose and impede the success of the team, sometimes the failure mindset is of ownership. Failure mindset is of managers. Final, you know, uh, failure mindset is that anyone in the team that's impeding the success, impeding growth, impeding improvement, that that's someone somewhere is of a failure mindset. So if you're a person who has a growth mindset and you want to collaborate, you want to make things better, um, this is where we start to then talk about the snitch loop is that 
if you are of a growth mindset and you are trying to engage in collaboration, it's because you're going to talk about when there's problems. Mm -hmm. This happened. This happened. This happened. This patient wasn't cared for the right way. This process wasn't followed. This administrative uh, policy has holes in it, could have improvement. Well, the snitch loop is basically like, well, what happens if then moving into your team, you have a problem with the team and you go to administration to talk about the problem with the team? Well, then you're a snitch. Right. Well, how are you a snitch if all you're trying to do is make things better? Oh, it's because the team is of failure mindset and the team is actively engaging in communication, which is challenging your purpose and challenging your well-being. Mm -hmm. Is that it's like, well, now... I'm concerned. I tried it once before. So it's the, it's the response, right? Mm -hmm. So I tried to make a difference once. I tried to point out this problem. I tried to improve this one process. And then I was just like bludgeoned where it was just like, you know, you should have come to me first, you know, from the team. You should have come to me first. Or why did you go to administration? And why, you know, oh, you tattled on me. And if you have an administrative structure or a support structure, so uh, ground floor support. So like for us, we talk about accountability, we talk about some of our lead staff, um, people ground floor to kind of help stand up and be like, no, 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 this person spoke up because they saw a problem and they, th you know, whether it's a true problem or not, let's work through that problem to see if there is a solution to it. Um, but if you don't have that and you're in an environment where it's like, ah, you tattled, what's going to happen? Defense. Right. <laughs> you're just going to, you're not going to talk up. You're not going to say anything because it's more work yeah. for you to try and you know, for you to try to solve this problem because we talk about barriers. Well, the barrier is if you are in a team of a failure mindset, um, you know, where they are again and they're dividing. So they're engaging in communication, which is challenging your purpose and well-being. Then that's this whole loop we're starting to create where now the snitch loop is, I have ideas, I want to make an impact, I want to improve the performance, I want to improve my individual fulfillment, but I want to improve the fulfillment of the team as well, and then you start to stop. Mm -hmm. And when you look at kind of the center of the, the uh, creating accountability chart here, there's a success, which uh, the success on the top part in green is actually our star charts, uh, which mm -hmm. again, we still have some cleanup work to do there um, as far as talking. Um, but then when you jump into the victim dynamic, so the... Um, the empowerment dynamic or the, the drama, triangle. drama triangle. There you yeah. go. Mm -hmm. uh, the drama triangle is that you as an individual who is of growth mindset, who is willing to be a collaborator, at least in some capacity, a creator uh, to finding a solution to establishing reality, things like that, is that when you start to have fear of people around you that have a failure mindset, you start to have fear of people engaging in communication, which is challenging you, you're going to default in the victim in the victim mentality, which is referred to as a weight. Mm -hmm. And a weight is individuals that recognize there is a problem, but have chosen to not engage in collaboration. Mm -hmm. That is just as bad as anyone else in the in the drama triangle, whether they're in denial or they're blaming excuses. We can talk about, of course, at a later time. Right now, we're just talking about the snitch loop. Mm -hmm. Is that um, when you look at how this circle is created, it's that you are of growth mindset, you are a collaborator, and then you're just bludgeoned down into this weight category because you are fearful of the repercussions of you trying to be a collaborator, mm -hmm. the repercussions of you trying to maintain a growth mindset. Well, what happens to kind of take this full circle is that once you jump into the weight category and you stop coming forward, you stop trying to 
have an impact on whatever impact on the team, on the patient care administration, whatever the hell, um, is that you're going to move yourself into a failure mindset and be no better than anyone else around you. Mm -hmm. So you're going to then start to perpetuate this. And some people can actually feel this from business owners. I think that it's, it's the tradition. This is the way we've always done it. And Mm -hmm. this is the way we're always going to do it. Mm -hmm. It's that same idea. We're just wait. Yep. There's a problem. I recognize that there's a problem. But we're not going to do anything about it because this is the way we've always done it. That's I'm not okay. So it's like, oh, I recognize there's a problem, but I'm not going to collaborate on a solution. Wait, you are in an ownership structure that is. We are in a industry of wait. We are in an industry of non-collaboration. So when you are in the wait category, it might not feel like you're a victim rescuer persecutor, which again, we'll, later time mm-hmm. we'll kind of discuss that because we're in our time loop, is that when you then default into a failure mindset, and this is all passive. People think this is an active process that they just constantly want to be a failure mindset. This is the, the passive stuff that gets into us again, culturally, societally, politically, whatever. But then that pulls onto the bottom right-hand corner of the chart in performance one, performance two, is now it significantly starts to impact what you are doing from a job standpoint. Mm -hmm. Performance two is that you're perpetuating division from a lack of consistency and a lack of competence. And when we look at consistency and competence, it's consistency is an individual, if you guys look up to the star chart, um, an individual's reliability in executing operational policy, role procedures, responsibilities, and the maintenance of core values. So you can kind of do your role and you're doing it very reliably and people know that you're going to do it. Um, And then from a competency standpoint, it's like actually being able to do it. So if you're just sort of like, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not really going to be able to make this better and no one seems to want to make it better and you know i guess i'm just going to sit here and wait and see what happens and then it's like well now because there's a problem that is impacting your ability to seek fulfillment or to complete a task you may not actually be able to complete that task as well Mm -hmm. or at least as well as to the standard if you wish so you're starting to decrease on competence now i can't do this because those around me won't allow me to do this or there is a barrier in my way preventing me from doing this so your competence drops off and then once your competence drops off there may be times that you can do it well maybe you're on like a shift where like you work really good with these techs or you know and then another shift well i don't work so well with these techs and that's when your consistency goes out the window yep sometimes i can do it sometimes i can't but these people and those people and it depends on who's here and then as you continue to move down that trend that's where you just move into failed performance Um, and for us failed performance there's uh three um uh, three things, three stars down there, but it's basically, and we'll talk about the star chart at a later time, but basically it's saying of all of our variables on the star chart, um, you're failing on several. And then mm-hmm. once you're in failed performance, that's it. Right. That's it. How, right. how, once you get into, you know, perpetuating division and you're failing in your performance, there's this big bold arrow that comes back to what's referred to as a fault tolerance. Mm-hmm. How do you actually get out of that? And mm-hmm. the reality is like we had said before, there may be barriers in your current circumstance that is preventing you from actually improving, actually collaborating, actually having some degree of success. And sometimes the solution is time to get out. Right. Well, that, that just means that the solution in that is get really, really objective. Yes. Like you, yeah. it's, it, and that's probably the, one of the hardest things of this whole process because being, being passively in the pattern of weight yeah. will um, generate resentment and you won't know it. 
Yeah. It will make you not like people and you won't have an active engagement with them that makes you not like them. Um, so, because a lot of like, that's why, you know, conflict between men is different from conflict with women. Like yeah. a lot of times women's is passive, mm. um, where men just fight yeah. at the very least we know where we stand. Yes. Um, but industry that's very heavily female, I yeah. think is also a contributing factor to that. Not that it's the yeah. reason, no, no, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. um, yeah, some of the men are worse, but that's yeah. fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you, if you sit and wait, that becomes, it can become a very emotional place to be and you don't know it. Yeah. Um, so then what happens is it, it, again, it passively, but aggressively perpetuates that drama dynamic. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is not, it's, it's a very much a possibility to end up in a position where it is, um, unrecoverable. Yeah. Uh, so it's the, uh, between a problem child and an iceberg. Exactly. So yep. yeah, once you, if you have low performance for whatever it is, if you're a growth mindset, you have low performance, but you have this high potential to get better. Mm-hmm. Your potential is going to die with time. Yeah. The longer you sit and wait, the more potential you're going to kill. Mm-hmm. And then once yeah. you go to an iceberg, it's no potential, no right. uh, performance. Right. So when you're in that, um, being very objective is, I'd hate to say, but it's objectively difficult. Yeah. It's hard to separate yourself from what is factual versus what is emotional because everything is very tied together. Yes. And that's what makes the after action so important. That's what makes communication so critical to this whole thing. Because even if the communication sucks, it still at least gets you more definition as to what is happening. Um, It still gets you in the, the, in the know of more objective detail because there is two sides to every story. So if you capture the other side, at the very least, you can digest that and make a more objective decision on whether or not exiting is, is the right path. Because yeah. the I hesitate, I've, I've, I have always hesitated with the concept of the answer is to leave mm-hmm. because of the fact that like, well, are you leaving just because you just don't like this person? Yes. And oh, right, 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 right. So if, as long as you can maintain, like get to a point of reasonable objectivity, yeah. then, and then with those variables, you identify barriers that are in fact insurmountable, yeah. even if it is a emotional resentment like i can i can objectively identify like i just flat out don't like this person for whatever (laughs) reason it might be um you're at least separating that out and there can be other variables like well you know if i solve this can i fix that yeah whatever it might be draw the roadmap to success and then see which where it where it stops see how much control you have over that because and that's why we talk about corporate being the death of so much yeah it, it creates these barriers in yeah. safety nets yeah. because performance too is where so many people live and it's just a perpetual division yeah. and they have to create safety nets so that they don't have abs- absurd levels of um, volatility yeah, on say, their teams. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's interesting because um, separating those two out is so hard, yeah. but it's so vitally important and knowing when to do it, I think is probably one of the most difficult things. It's, yeah. it's hard to recognize. Yeah, and I think that's why we push uh, core value so hard mm-hmm. is that for us, you know, we talk about like, you know, me, I constantly live at the 30,000 foot view, yeah. right? So I always look 
you know, big picture type stuff. Um, struggle a little bit at sort of the microtransactions, but um, that's where we talk about like PAW being, you know, standing for purpose and well-being. Mm-hmm. We have these things that we kind of push forward and being like, all right, like even if y'all don't get along like outside of work and personally, which I don't think anyone needs to hang outside of work, but I'm just saying like, you know, some people find fulfillment in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally speaking, even regardless of what we have from, you know, uh, religious beliefs to political beliefs to any of that kind of stuff, let's just rally around this one idea. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's just rally around serving the patient. And if, and like you said, so, um, you know, I just flat out don't like this person, but can you at least respect that they do their job well and, or if they don't do their job well, that they are of a growth mindset and they're willing to make themselves better. Right. We're not immune to that. I, I, I know within our team we have um, personality conflicts where um, it appears as if it is an insurmountable barrier mm-hmm. where it's like, I just flat out don't like this person. It's like, all right, um, well, you know, f- from a shared purpose standpoint, are, is this, are we at least serving the patient? And it's like, well, this person is, but they're not doing as good a job as you, Carlo. And it's like, <laughs> okay, uh, but is this person willing to improve themselves? Mm -hmm. And is that improvement structure, can they improve themselves over a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's where when we start to look at then the conflict within the team, like for me, you know, I mean, you know, there have been circumstances where I've stuck my neck out a lot of times for a couple of key employees because I'm like, I just know it. I just, I know once they finally hit the tipping point, like I know once they see it, they're going to start to kind of take off with this stuff. And it's, I think for me, it's because I recognize or I'm pretty quick to recognize the growth mindset versus the failure mindset. But I also want to see the work in the individual in which direction they lean. Like I'm like this person I can definitely see has a growth mindset. However, if this person has a growth mindset, their behavior shows me that they constantly fall into victimhood and I engage them on a level a level that I identify them as being a victim and show them that they are or that they are making themselves a victim are they able to recognize that mm-hmm. and pull themselves out right so again a victim is defined as individuals convinced that they are powerless and avoid taking responsibility for their actions so if it's um, you know we had uh, uh, what was it? Oh, it was a couple of weeks ago. We had a patient, uh, mistreatments, uh, and, and Janessa was one of those examples where, um, you know, as a doctor, she's on the floor, she's doing a lot of stuff and, uh, d- treatments were delegated to a particular staff member. The treatments were never fulfilled. And Janessa came back and being like, I am just as responsible to this failed treatment as anyone else is on the team. It's like bingo, because now we can start to look at saying, all right, there was a fall. There was, a, if you guys look in the middle of fall tolerances, um, once you have an accountable event, so our accountable event is, uh, in this circumstance, a patient mistreatments, right? Mm-hmm. Fall tolerances, once a fall has occurred, so the, the accountable event is the fall tolerance. Um, the individual has the choice to either collaborate or divide. So Janessa had the opportunity. She could have been like, ah, oh, they totally missed, and they, and they, and they, and they, and I delegated this, and then they, and they, and they. And it's just like, well, what is that going to do? Oh, wait a second. They were responsible for the treatments. Okay, well, that's blame. You in, you recognize that there's a problem. That's in the victimhood. R- recognize that there's a problem and reference people or circumstances as the cause. Mm-hmm. But she went the other way. She was like, you know, what I'm pissed off the most is that, you know, I'm just as responsible for those treatments as anyone else and I just want to make it better. Boom. Mm-hmm 
perfect. You, yeah, you're exactly right. As a doctor on the floor, no, you wouldn't have been responsible for drawing up the drugs. You, right. you wouldn't have. Right. But what were the other variables involved that you could have had influence on? This we talk about clean your room. Mm-hmm. What are the variables you could have affected? The variables you could have improved on. Could you lighten the load somewhere? Could there have been this? Could you give him pause? Could you? 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 Um, that's when then we start to talk about the snitch loop because when Janice had come forward with this one problem, it was kind of the same thing. It was like the staff was like, oh, now now we're having an after action. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Is that uh, well, that was one of Janice's big fears? Is she was like, oh my god! She's like, if I, you know, if I come there, the staff is going to hate me, and you know, da, da, da. and she was just like, but I'm I'm so upset that this happened, we have to identify the variables and I, I don't care what comes out of it because we have to do better right. next time. Right. Perfect. Yep. That is that is someone who has stepped out of the snitch loop. Mm-hmm. It's no longer a matter of us versus them. It's no longer a matter of administration is only here to tell us when we do things bad. It's like, oh crap, administration is actually here to support us. Mm-hmm. This creating accountability is actually here to support us. The team is not here because we're trying to challenge purpose and well-being. The team is not here because we, you know, lack and we're, you know, um, what is it? That we lack shared purpose. That's not what we're here for. It's that we need to collaborate. We need to improve. We just got to do better next time. And that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about the snitch loop, the snitch loop is exactly opposite of that. It's like, oh, well, there was a problem. Ah, let's not say anything about it. Because if I do, then someone's going to be mad at me. And then we'll just wait and see what happens next time. Because you know what? All these people around me are smart. And they'll recognize that they did something wrong. And they won't let it happen again. Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) Do you want to say that again? Because the way that you just worded that was... Like, I want everyone that's listening to this or watching or whatever to to listen to those specific words because we've all had that exact thought path go through our heads. It's, it's, it's the justification of, um, not doing anything. It's the justification of inaction. It's, it's the, uh, the, the generation of what my dad used to always make the joke and sometimes it was legitimate, but it's, it's not an excuse. It's an explanation. Yeah. Uh, in that it's like, well, this can't happen again Yeah. because of blah, 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 like whatever those three things are. And sometimes that's legitimate. Yeah. But if you're the, the key to that statement is, well, they won't let it happen again. Those yes. other people. Yeah. Um, so I want, I know it's difficult to repeat it Oof. and that's why we record stuff. Yes. But I do want you to try because it's like, okay, we have a scenario of failure. Mm-hmm. What is the thought path that is passive in wait? Yeah, the the idea is that, you know, you as the person, you as the individual, you have recognized that there's a problem and you recognize that um, there's a solution to that problem, but you choose to not collaborate. You choose to not engage because that's the hard road. It's, oh, if I go to administration, someone's going to be, you know, someone's going to get in trouble and the staff, you know, everyone else is going to be mad at me because I'm the one who said something. Um, and, you know, well, I recognize that there's a problem. So these are smart people that I work with. They also recognize that there's a problem and I just trust that they'll take care of it on their own. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I would love that to be the case. But the reality is 
that when I went through my first after action, when I started to go through and really understand the forgiveness model, which again, this will all be, we touched on later times, but there is a very deliberate acknowledgement mm -hmm. in that whole process. I just trust that these people know what they did wrong mm -hmm. and they'll fix it on their own. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we'll use it as an example. So, as that as a very very you know a specific example, I trust that these people know what they did wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay, well when Janessa and Janessa and Annie ended up running the after action report, um, one of the employees quit, mm -hmm. and. I don't think Janessa saw that coming. Before we had done the after action report, I said, you have to be comfortable that when you run this after action, this person, that, that person's gonna quit. She's like, they're not gonna quit. And I'm like, yeah, huh? You know, because I, I knew that this person who kind of falls constantly into the victim mentality and you know, every time I engaged this person before they quit, it was always excuses and blaming. Um, you know, and I was just like, here we go. I'm yeah. like, and, I, and it was the same thing. I'm like, you have to be comfortable that when you go through this after action, that person's gonna quit. And that's where you can't trust you yep. can't trust that people see things the same way that you saw it. Mm -hmm. You can't trust that they are going to do better next time. You can't trust. And I'm not saying that, you know, cause that's a huge core value for us, yep. you know, is trust, unity, respect, and accountability is that if you can't have accountability, so if you can't be accountable to the fact that you were part of the team that missed the treatment on this patient, if you can't own up to that accountability, I can't trust that you trust. I can't trust that that you're gonna have respect. I can't trust right. that there's gonna be unity. Right. So if we can't, and that's our core values, trust, unity, respect, and accountability. If we can't even have the conversation where we can establish accountability, mm -hmm. don't assume that there's trust. Don't assume that there's acknowledgement. Don't assume that they are gonna fix a damn thing. Mm -hmm. Because if they can't at least be accountable to what had happened, and that's again like I said with Janessa, where it was just like, oh, the staff, and they blah, 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 blah. She was like, I'm just as accountable this process as they are. Perfect. You know what, Janessa? I'm, you know, Katie and I are the business owners. I am also accountable to that treatment being missed. Well, you weren't even working. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I am still accountable. How am I going to prevent another patient from missing a treatment? And again, let, let, let's be clear. Nothing happened. Like it was a mistreatment. Like yeah. the patient lived. It went home. It's fine. Right. That's not the point. That's not the point. It was a mistreatment. Right. Perfect. Business owner, what tools do I have? Mm -hmm. Ah, after action is a really good one mm -hmm. because in that after action, what did we identify? Oh, uh, administratively, we probably need to have a little bit more of a concrete rounds process. Mm -hmm. We have we have rounds for our eight to eights, mm -hmm. but when you have someone coming on at ten. Uh, they didn't get as formal of a rounds as they probably could have. We, we can adjust that. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Now me as an owner, I can look into something in a 30,000 foot view that had a real world implication on the day to day because what? Willing to engage in collaboration, willing to engage of a growth mindset, willing to engage of the success around us. Mm -hmm. And that's when we start to talk about these little things that you're just like, oh, well, you know, I guess that was a problem. But we'll just wait and see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> expect that to happen again, Yeah, you know, and years ago, and that's why, like I said, I think Janessa's made a lot of growth over the years, is um, back in the beginning mm -hmm. is that was a very common statement we get from Janessa, like, why do you only talk to me when there's problems? Why don't you tell me when I do good things? And it's like, well, first of all, you're still employed here and you get a paycheck. So we already, you know, <laughs> that's, that's the first thing saying that, yeah, good things. But I, I again, acknowledge that an attaboy is a good thing too, but, uh, or attagirl, whatever. So, uh, but the other side is now being like, oh, 
it's because in the beginning there was a failure mindset. You thought that these opportunities for growth, these accountable events were ways in which we were reprimanding you. And just so everyone knows the failure mindset, I've kind of synonymously use it with reprimand mindset. Um, But if you hear me say that, Um, but then making that transition to growth mindset, it's like, ah, yeah, get it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, No, absolutely. It's, it's um, interesting kind of how, you take all these individual scenarios and you can plug in in the, I, again, I will apologize on your behalf as well. Cause it's worth a second apology that this whole map exists and yes. it's like, wait, what? Cause with no context, it looks like the workings of a mad. It's man. a crazy person. Yeah. It's the Charlie day yeah. where it's like, everyone knows the meme where it's just, I think that was bird law episode. I think uh, it was uh, Pepe Silvia yeah. actually, uh, oh. and, and Carol in HR, but, yeah. uh, it was because him and Mac had to get a job because they didn't have health insurance, but then their health went through the crapper and then they uh, lost their jobs uh, because of the stress at work. It was a whole thing. Anyway, I've definitely watched this one. every episode. This one. <laughs> <laughs> but like how that all kind of fits together and how upsettingly passive it all is. Oh, yeah. And how it can absolutely oh, yeah. railroad you without you ever knowing it. Oh, yes. Like, yes. you can you can just live day by day by yeah. day yes. and completely go into this and never know it. No, yes. And that's... Yeah. It's scary? Yeah. I don't know if that's the right word or not, but yeah. it's it's definitely something that it, it... Why I think we're getting to the point and have been there. We just have never really known how to address it in a way that's productive is like, how, how do you teach self analysis? Mm. You and I were talking about it the other day about like, how do I teach someone that it's safe for them to dive in and just try, just like get your hands into it, get so far into this that you have to fix it and then just do it. Um, because that's, uh, it's a, it's a trained thing and I, I know it comes from upbringing. Like I know I was yeah. trained that way, whatever it might be, but like, how do you get people into the realm of, of safe in that, uh, in, and not having to wait? Yeah. How do you get them to just dive in and just collaborate? Whether it's yeah. surgically, they're just hands in and all that's, that. That's and my current experiment, by the way. Fantastic. I guess <laughs> that I, was, that was post press release. Yeah. Is I'm like, all right, Let's let's start getting a huge influx of as much data as possible. And part of that, I'll kind of pull the veil back for any of the employees who are actually listening. Um, <laughs> I'll pull the veil back. Um, I just want to see who's talking. Yeah. Because, like, I want to know who's in wait. Mm-hmm. I want to know who is not saying they know. Listen, go down on the floor you, you talk to anyone and really try to get them to talk. Like they won't, people won't really talk to me anymore. You know, which it, again, like I said, is one of my failures as a business owner is that people talk to me less. Um, but again, everyone sees something. Mm-hmm. Everybody sees something that can get better. But if they're not willing to say it, yeah, uh, I want to know where the open mouths are. I want to know where the squeaky wheels are. Mm-hmm. That's that's my current experiment is to be like, all right. If we have an avenue, and this is kind of used that earlier on in the podcast, talked about last time was communication. Mm-hmm. We have to start to stress the communication pathway. We administratively assume we have a really freaking core communication pathway. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. We think we do. We yeah. think we do. Well, and, um, we, and we 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 take deliberate steps to create vehicles for it. Yes. It just doesn't mean that it always works. Correct. If people don't understand the communication pathways, if who do I talk to first and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So again, that, there's yeah. there's a lot of things in there. And again, if we're just being black and white objective, do we or do we not have good communication? Uh, could use improvement. 
Um, but that's the current experiment is being like, who's waiting, who's actually saying things and who is willing to engage in collaboration? Because a part of that collaborative process is you have to have what? have to acknowledge yourself you have to have self-awareness mm -hmm. in order to be like all right come forward with these problems but be willing to talk about them right you know right. and that's the same thing for us it's like come forward with problems and i will be willing to talk about them i will be willing to accept administratively what we aren't doing well also be willing to accept those things to which you are and can be held accountable and you aren't doing them either mm -hmm. You may not be doing them, you know, uh, uh, let me let me give you a, a real quick sidestep here. Katie and I were having a conversation um, uh, uh, a couple weeks ago at home um, and we were talking about how um, we haven't had any after actions like all summer and pretty much this year. And I said, you know, after action is an accountability process. That's something that is primarily run by our senior accountability officer, which is Annie. And I said, if you look at this black and white has Annie succeeded at that part of her job? No, she has failed. She has failed in maintain or creating accountability in that process. And Katie's like, well, that's not fair. You said we weren't doing it after actions. I said, I'm not saying it was her fault. <laughs> I'm like, I'm saying that if you look at it black and white, did this thing happen? No, it didn't. Why didn't it happen? Oh, well, Carlos said we got to pause because shit's hitting the fan. Um, and again, I full accept responsibility that it's like, this isn't happening. So it's not to necessarily say that it's to blame. And that right. wasn't my point in saying, Annie didn't get this done. No, that's not the point. The point is, oh, there's a lot of different variables. There's a lot of different items here. There's a lot of different reasons why, a lot of different justifications. And I have to be willing to accept my role in that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes my role is a barrier to <laughs> one or multiple people's roles. <laughs> uh, Reference last week on constant procrastination and uh, Katie being like, told you so. Yeah. Um, but again, so if you can't have the deliberate conversation of like, oh, that she didn't do after actions. Well, yeah, no shit, because I said not to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but again, black and white. So, you know, to be able to have that conversation and just like in the middle of the floor, like walk up to Annie and be like, you know, you didn't do anything this summer on that. And everyone would be like, oh my God, you know, yeah, it'd be a real dick move, you know. <laughs> but again, the, you know, the, the, the idea is like, all right, where's the barriers? How can we collaborate to make this? And like I said, that's where pulling the veil back on this communication chain is let's just start to have an influx of data yep. so we can either one, see our blind spots because there may be sort of a harmonious chord and some of that feedback we're getting back, um, but also sort of that deliberation and really trying to force people into a growth mindset and at least in some capacity trying to help them unlearn most of what has happened in their life mm -hmm. is that if they're trending into a failure mindset, can we actually pull pull them out of it. I don't have an answer, but I am damn willing to try. Right. Because if I, you know, if I have people of growth mindset, they're the easy sell. If they're a growth mindset, you just got to move them through the process. And even if they grow slowly, they're going to continue to grow. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. Wonderful. I enjoy that. However, how can we motivate the people that are of failure mindset? Right, right. Because at the end of the day, like you're going to hit a point where you're going to, you're going to, the funnel's going to run dry, yeah. basically. Yeah. Because then like, that's, you know, going back to where we started is like, there's a ton of variables that are playing against us in that, yeah. that are completely out of our control. Yeah. Like somebody applies for a job here. We have basically zero control over everything that happened to them prior to that happening. Correct. Like doctors are a little different, which yeah. is why we're pushing down into right. the education system yeah. so that yeah. we can create control at an earlier stage. But like caregiver support staff, right? Like yeah. I have 
they, they, this is a new person to me. Yeah. Like, yes. so at some point, you know, we can acknowledge that there are variables that are outside of our control that are creating more of a failure mindset. Yeah. So how do you tip the scale back? How do you, yeah. how do you start? And then, yeah, communicate. Yeah. Like at this point, it's just, we don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I've wanted to figure it out for a very yes. long time. And yes. I, I still, I'm, we got, we got some, some yeah. irons in the fire on yes. this, but yeah. Um, yeah, you got to have that. Like, and I just, I think what I bank on is that no one's a hundred percent failure mindset. That's, that's, that's what I'm currently betting on is there's not anyone who's a hundred percent failure mm -hmm. that there is. And everyone wants to do better. They want self-improvement that they want something more out of life. They want more fulfillment out of life. They want whatever the hell it is. They want more pay. They want more success in patient care that I am banking on the fact that everybody wants more. Mm -hmm. We can manipulate that to a growth mindset. Now for us, it's, how do we do that well, it's to serving the patient? Right. It's yes. also more of what? Yes. yes. Because for us, and that's why I, my mind keeps going back to serve the patient. We, yeah. we'll, we'll have to pause the conversation and pick up next week. But yep. Yep. like without shared purpose, yes. it, this rolls us into the three Ps. Yeah. That's yeah. the next part of this conversation is, well, is it about pleasure? Yes. Is it about um, purpose or is it about power? Yes. For us, it's always about purpose Constantly. And it, because without it, it, nothing else works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and that's a part of the mechanism to understand how people are going to succeed here is, well, why are you actually here? Correct. Like, what is your growth mindset in? Yeah. Like, yeah. Are you running from another job and we're supposed to be your savior? Cause that ain't going to fucking happen. <laughs> Let's <laughs> be honest, yeah, you know, right. but you know, we have a process, we have a pathway yeah. and that's part of what this creating accountability is. Like, I, I think that we could probably run out a lot of hours out of just what's here and yeah. I, I'm super happy to do so. Yeah. Um, you know, so, and I guess it's probably time to pause for next week, but the mm -hmm. idea is that we have a process and we have a pathway to fulfillment, yes. a pathway to performance and you know, all these different things. Um, but a lot of it is out of self-acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. You know, what role are you actually playing? And that's kind of coming and rolling it all back to pros and cons list, mm -hmm. identifying barriers, you know, what's subjective, what's objective, what's feel, what's universal, but more importantly, how do I start cleaning my room? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. so anyway, uh, all right, take us out. Sir. Okay. All right, guys. So, uh, we'll catch you next week.